Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14. Uh, we're going to read the first version in the New Living Translation, or the New International Version. It says, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from who you learned it and how from infancy and you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in jesus christ look what it says it says all scripture and this is kind of the verse that we're gonna hone in on all scripture is god breathed and it is useful for teaching rebuking and training in righteousness hear me it is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. The moment you place your faith in Jesus Christ, you are made righteous. There's nothing that you can do to become righteous. You place your faith in Jesus and God gives you a gift. I'm teaching now. God gives you the gift of righteousness. However, it is in that gift that we begin to train ourselves in. God has made us righteous. Now I need to train myself in the righteousness that God has already gifted me with. And so he says, all scripture is useful for what? For training in righteousness. I need God's word in order to understand better this righteousness that God has gifted me with. But that's not the point of the word. Look at the point. So that, that's a purpose statement. Everybody shout, so that, so that the servant of God, that's you, look at the person next to you, tell them you're a servant of God, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Purpose statement, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I'm going to fast forward over to the message translation. This is a paraphrase version of the Bible. It is not the Bible itself, but it is a paraphrased version of the scriptures. And it says, there's nothing like the written word of God for showing you the way of salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Every part of scripture is God breathed and is useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, and training us to live God's way. Someone shout God's way. And I want you to look at a person next to you and tell them, sometimes your way is not God's way. Revelation right there. God's way. Through the word are we put together and shaped up for the task God has for us. I'm going to read that again. It says, through the word we are put together and shaped for the task God has for us. I want to give you the title to today's message. Look at the person next to you. Make some eye contact with them. Make them feel uncomfortable. Stare at them. And tell them, God, don't blow in their face. Say, Jesus, you just might, they might just need to be like, God, 
That was the Holy Spirit. No, that was your breath. God breathed. God breathed. We, can I ask you to join me in prayer? Father, we thank you, Lord, for these moments. I believe you're going to move in this place. I believe you have something to share with your people today. Minister to our hearts, God. Lord, we cannot do this life without you, and we need you. So would you speak to us? Speak to our souls. Speak to our lives. We pray all this in Jesus' name. And God's people shout, amen and amen. One more time, can we give God some praise in this house while I drink some water? Have you ever, well, how do I say this? Have you, if you were being honest today, we're in church, so it's okay. Have you ever met someone with bad breath? <laughs> he said, myself. His single game just went out the window. Have you ever met, met someone with bad breath? Uh, uh, it's interesting. I'm, I'm talking about real bad breath because I'm talking about the type the bad breath that smells like death. Like you don't know whether to offer them a Tic Tac or toilet paper. Like I'm talking about bad breath right now. I'm talking about that the dentist will only give him a prescription over the phone. I'm talking about bad breath. That was too much. That was too much. God, forgive me. I'm talking about, you know, I, I got to be honest, you know, this halitosis, you know what I'm saying? I, I got to be honest, I, I'm, a, I'm one of those bad breath people that, I'm, you know, there's people that are Conscious bad breath. You know what I mean? Like, they're always like, <sighs> whoever's thinking this mic after me, God, we pray for you. And so, <laughs> I'm talking about bad breath. Like, you know, the, there's the conscious people, bad breath that, you know, they, they're, like, sometimes I talk at the side of my mouth. If you ever saw me talk to you from the side of my mouth like this, my wife tells me this all the time. She's like, baby, why are you talking to the side of my mouth? I said, because I got coffee breath, and I don't want to bless you with that coffee breath. And so I'm kind of bad breath conscious, right? Uh, I was talking to some of you today, and we're just going to leave it at that. But, um, and then there's the people that they have no clue that they got bad breath, right? You know what? I love the people that will tell you you have bad breath. I love that. They, and they'll tell you politely. They'll, be like, they'll put a stick of gum in their mouth, and then they'll offer you one. I love you guys. You guys are the best. I need you guys in my life. Uh, but there's people that they, you know, and for some reason, everything they say has a, like, it's like they, when they're talking to you, their breath is so bad, it's like, how are you today? <laughs> they're talking to you like this to say, how are you? But it sounds like, how are you? And then whoo, a wave of their funky breath hits you in the face and, whoa, was that your breath? Your breath offends me. Um, I love it because, um, I want to, you guys know this young lady named Lisa, right? She's my wife. And my wife has amazing breath. I have, she paid me to say that. And <laughs> for some reason when my wife, you know, sometimes you eat something real funky like onions, garlic, and olives. And when my wife is done eating like something with garlic or onions, I'm somehow the one that is to declare whether her, I'm the guinea pig. And so for some reason, my wife is like, Lisa says, hey, does my breath stink? 
Oh, so you want me to go inside your mouth and stick my nose inside your mouth and, br and heck no. All right? And she's like, no, no, come on, come on. So you know what I have to do? I have to lie to her. You know why? Because if I don't tell her that her breath does not stink, she wants to wrestle me down to the ground and make sure. <sighs> so in the beginning of our marriage, I'd be like, no, baby, it's kicking. She's like, oh, it's kicking? Come here, come here, come here. <sighs> So now when Lisa tells me, hey, does my breath stink? I'm like, no, it smells like pecans. It smells delicious. And I do it holding my breath. It smells like olives and garlic. It smells like garlic? Let me see. Come here. <laughs> Story of my life. Six years marriage. Praise God. Amen. I, I, you know, the Bible says... In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says, all scripture is God-breathed. And I love that because the word there is theonoustos, and it is saying God literally exhales. Ha! God exhales. But what I love about it is that, let me bring you back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, where it says that God breathed the breath of life to a shell of a man. He looked at something that was clay, he looked at something that was mud, he looked at something that was dust, and the Bible says that God breathed the breath of life into man, and man became a living being. I love that because when God breathes upon your life, let me tell you, it is not halitosis, it is not bad breath. God can breathe life into your marriage. God could breathe life into your finances. God can breathe life into your situation. God can exhale. And I want to tell you something, when God exhales, I want to make sure that I inhale everything that God exhales into my life. Is there anybody here that believes that, come on church. God breathed. He says, all scripture, this is the apostle Paul talking to Timothy. Timothy is a young pastor. He says, all scripture, Timothy, I want you to know that all scripture is God breathed. This is God giving of himself. And this is why we believe in the holy scriptures. See, this book is not just an inspiring book, but it is the inspired word of God. See, this, is, this book is not a book of suggestions but it is the book of the final authority of who God is. See, this book is not a book about God, but this is a book from God. This is not a book about love, but this is actually a love letter for you. Can I tell you how good this book is? Someone shout, go ahead, preacher. Can I tell you how good this book is? It is the number one bestseller of all time, selling 5 billion copies. It is translated in 2,454 languages, a collection of books of 66 books by 40 authors, written in three different continents, in three different languages, inspired by one Holy Spirit. It is never outdated. It is never old. It is never expired. It is relevant today as it was when it was written. I'm talking God breathed. What the scriptures say, it says, so that the servant of God will be thoroughly equipped. And this book has oftentimes been used for the wrong reasons. 
This book has sometimes been used to hurt people and put people down. But this book is actually to set people free. This book is actually to give people purpose. It is our compass. It is our roadmap. It is our guide. You can't just read this book like any other book because the beautiful thing about this book that when you begin to read this book, this book actually begins to read you. When you begin to read this book, it is not you just reading words and formulating sentences that appear on a page. It is actually God speaking life into your life. It is God taking of his spirit and placing it inside of you. The Bible says that heaven and earth will pass away, but my word, someone shout my word, my word will never He said, my word will never pass away. What is he saying? He's not saying never like the way a wife tells a husband that they never do the dishes. When God says never, he means never. God says, my word will never pass away. So you can take that to the bank. I I got news for you. Your money will run out. But God's word will never pass away. He says, heaven and earth will pass away before my word does. Guess what? Your car, it will break down, but my word will never pass away. Your problems may come and go, but my word will never pass away. Your career may plummet, but my word will never pass away. Your wife may not always look hot. But my word will never pass away. Your husband may not always be fine, even though I make a strong argument of that. But my word will never pass away. This is what I need to build my life on. Matthew 7, he says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, like a wise man who built his house on the rock, hear me, he says, everyone who hears these words of mine and what? Puts them to practice are like a wise man who built his house upon a rock. I don't know about you, but I need something that is secure, something that is not fickle, something that cannot burn in 300 degrees. I need something secure to build my life upon. See, we need God's word because it is the only peace of the mind of Christ that we have. Are you hearing me? Have you ever had, God, why don't you speak to me, syndrome? That's only me right here. Right? Can I tell you something? God already has. God already has. He's already spoken to you through his word. And oftentimes the way the Holy Spirit speaks to you is by bringing you remembrance to God's word. And so the Holy Spirit actually comes and he works in conjunction with the word of God in order to remind you all that Jesus has spoken, all that the Father has spoken. And so oftentimes we're like, God, speak to me. We throw a little hissy. And God's saying, I gave you a manual. But the beautiful thing is that when you pick up my manual, you're not alone because it is the only book that the author is sitting right next to you when you're reading it. I want to give you 
I'm going to give you five, five ways in the way the scriptures illustrate itself. And number one, write this down. Lamp. Someone shout lamp. Say lamp. Psalms chapter 119 says, verse 105, write this down. I need you to, someone take notes. Is there any note takers in the house? Are we going to take notes today? Come on. Look what it says. It says, your word, your words are a flashlight to light my path ahead of me and keep me from stumbling. The New King James translation puts it this way. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. Can I tell you something, that God has your best interests at heart. Many times we, we think we know ourselves well enough, and we think many times that we have our best interests because we think we know ourselves. But can I tell you today that God truly has your best interests at heart? Can I tell you that as a coworker? God has your best interests at heart. Can I tell you that as a businessman, God has your best interests at heart? Did you know that even as an employee, that God has your best interests at heart? Did you know that as a husband, that God has your best interests at heart? And so if I need to walk through this life, I need God to show me the way. I want you to write this down. The illumination of God's word provides direction for your way. Write that down. The illumination of God's word provides direction for your walk. Your feet will always betray you. I want, I want you to expose your feet here for a second. Because your feet are betraying you if all they lead you is into dark places. My wife asks me all the time, she says, why is it that every time you walk out of our bedroom at night, there's a trail of light switches going off? Wake up, I turn on the bathroom light in our room, I go to the hallway, I turn on that light, I go to the other bathroom, I turn on that light. She goes, are you scared of the dark? And I said, woman, don't insult me. I didn't call her woman because you guys have to be praying for me. I said, baby, don't insult me. What is it? What is it? No, I'm not scared of the dark. I just don't like walking in it. Because, you know, have you ever walked in the dark and for some reason the corner of the, of the foot of your bed gets demon possessed? And it starts attacking your toe? And you, hit, and you give your best prayers, you walk in the dark, bah! oh, devil, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And, and you blame the devil for everything, and the devil's like, that wasn't even me, God, that was him. <laughs> right, why? Because we are walking in the dark. And what Jesus, or what God says in the, in the, uh, in the Old Testament, in Psalms, he says, your word is a lamp unto my feet. And you're a lamp unto my feet, but a light unto my path. Path here is actually, what he's trying to say is my path or my, is my journey. My path is my direction. He says, but my feet are my actions. 
My feet are my actions. They're they're the steps that I take. Let me tell you, sometimes we are taking actions and we are moving across this world in relationships. We are moving across this world in job opportunities and we're doing it in the dark. And it is no wonder that we keep stumbling over the same thing over and over and over. But God says, and David says, he understood this. Listen, there is no light in this world. Every light I possess fails me. But when God's word shined upon my life, all of a sudden I was able to see. I was flipping the switches everywhere and I was able to see where I was going. I was no longer stumbling. I was no longer struggling because God's word spoke into my life. It was a lamp unto my feet. That is my actions and a light until my path. Those are my choices. That is the direction I'm headed. And I don't know about you today, but if you feel like you've been stumbling, if you feel like you've been fumbling, if you feel like you've been struggling, there is the word of God that is the light of a thousand suns and it beams into your life and it says, here, you can go this way. It's a lamp, but it is also water. And nutrition. Write that down. It is water, number two. And number three, it is nutrition. Catch this, catch this. I want to teach you. Ephesians chapter 5, it says, this is speaking in context. And it says, to make her holy and holy, cleansing her by the washing with water. Catch this. Through what? Say, through the word of God. Let me, hear, let me hear it clearly. Through the word of God. But Pastor Raw, I thought we were washed already by the blood of the lamb. Pastor Raw, I thought we were washed from every sin. And, and, and that's, that's the truth. Can I, can I be honest with you? The moment you place your faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in your life. The blood of Jesus washes you of every single sin you ever committed, past, present, or future. Your sins are, forget, are forgiven, forgotten forever. Did you hear me? The blood of Jesus washes you of every single sin you ever committed the moment you place your faith in Jesus. And and, and in your spirit, you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. But when when uh, Paul speaks to the Ephesians here, illustrating marriage, he says, the word of God washes you. What he's talking about is the wholeness of your soul. You know what he's saying? He's saying, listen... You are washed from every sin by the blood of Jesus, but when you walk through this earth, your soul might get a little dusty. Are you hearing me? He says your soul might get a little contaminated. You might be washed from every sin, but sometimes your soul begins to be infected by all the toxic uh, poison that this world sometimes gives us and sometimes the desires and the mentalities and, and all of a sudden you start saying things. The other day I was, we, we, we went on a... Um, <laughs> we, we, we went on our vacation and, you know, we were trying to spice up the mood. And then, I, I think we put some love song. I can't remember what it was right now. But, but I remember Lisa started singing some of the songs. It was a, a, a love song. And I was like, isn't it crazy? Because she's like, oh, my God, it's crazy, right? And I'm like, isn't it crazy that we adopt some of these mentalities? That the power of music is so powerful that you can be in the best relationship in your life. But if you're hearing a breakup song, you want to you wanna feel like you're broken up. He's <laughs> just like, oh, my God, I just wish I could feel like that. 
I just wish I could feel. Oh, to the end of the road, till I can't let go. It's so natural. You belong to me. I belong to you. And the guy comes at the end. Baby, I just, you know, just want to let you know that. You don't know what I'm saying. Anything he's saying. But I just, sounds real sexy when I talk like this. And we, begin, we get a little dusty. We get a little dusty. But I want you to write this down. If you don't feed on God's word, the enemy will feed on you. There's no, no judgment-free zone. We are all on the same journey. But if you don't hear me, hear me, hear me, kuhau. If Sunday is the only time we hear God's word and Sunday is the only time we pick up God's word, then we are walking this earth malnourished. Woo! And so if you don't feed on God's word, the enemy will feed on you. You know why? Because that's his job. What do you mean that's his job? Because when the enemy was cursed, hear this, hear this, hear this. When the enemy was cursed, what was the curse of the enemy in the Garden of Eden? I'm glad you asked. I'm going to share it to you. It says you must crawl on your belly and eat what? The dust all the days of your life. So when we get a little dusty, we need the word of God to come wash us. Because when we are dusty, the enemy comes, try to feed on us. But as long as we are internalizing God's word and we are feeding on God's word, guess what? It begins to wash us clean from the inside out. Guess what? The enemy cannot feed on me because I'm feeding on God's word. Look what Matthew, look what happened to Matthew. Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil, watch this, for 40 days and for 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell the stones to become loaves of bread. He, he, the Bible says that the enemy is like a roaring lion, hear this, seeking those who he will devour. Do you know that the enemy cannot devour just anybody? The enemy can devour you. He has legal access to you when you are dusty. And that's why I need the word to wash me clean because guess what? Pastor Rowe has a tendency of getting dusty. You know why? Because I was made by dirt or from dirt. But I had no life until God's word was breathed inside of me. And so he, look what he says. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? By every word that comes out of the mouth, oh my God, the mouth of God. He's saying, he's saying, listen, we cannot live by bread alone. We cannot live by money alone. We cannot live by these things alone. We cannot live by our marriage alone. But by, I can't live by every like I get on Facebook, but I could live on the word of God that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I could live all that. I could take that to the bank. I could declare it over my life. This is what Jesus is saying. Jesus is in one of the most vulnerable moments in his life. 
One of the most vulnerable, weakest moments of his life. If you ever went without food for more than three hours, you guys are starvation, right? You guys say, I'm starving. My wife tells me I'm starving while I'm fasting for seven days. She goes like this, oh my God, baby, I'm so, I'm starving. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love you, baby. Greatest thing that happened to me after Jesus. The enemy tried to feed on Jesus, on the dust that was on him from the wilderness, because that's his job. You shall feed on the dust all the rest of the days of your life. And Jesus responds, being the word of God, he responds. He says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. Someone shout every word. Say every word. I can't live off goals. I can't live off emotions all the days of my life. I can't live, but I can live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Do we, do we have anybody here that's willing to say, I'm going to live on God's word the rest of my days? That's the person next to you. Did you soap? I'll let the awkward tension deal with itself. Can I give you some practical tools to take home? Kuhau, can I give you some practical tools to take home? This, this message is nothing. If we hear this message, we get excited. Listen, we're a live church, so we get excited in this church. Amen? That's okay. But it means nothing. If we go home and we have nothing to apply it. Amen? I want to give you some practical. There's something called soap. Leave it right there. Go back. Leave it right. One of the things I do in, our, in, in Bible study when it comes to some of the, some of the uh, men that I disciple in. Have you ever looked at God's word and say, where do I start? Where do I start in God's word? And we use this method called SOAP, S-O-A-P. Everybody say S-O-A-P. The kids are here now, so I got to keep it PG-13. Well, actually PG-7 or something like that. Did you SOAP? And it's this practical way of studying the scriptures. Again, if you're not feeding on God's word, the enemy will feed on you. So I want to make sure that I'm spending time in God's word because God's word is what's going to, it's going to be nutritious to my body and it's going to wash me from all the dust that this world comes and contaminates me with. And so there's this practical way of studying God's word and it's pretty simple, right? S is the scripture. Here is where you write down a verse from your, from your reading that stood out to you. Copy it word for word with citation. So what you're doing is you're, you're writing a big S on the beginning of your paper, or maybe you're writing it in your notepad on your phone, and you're putting S, scripture. And you're going to put the entire scripture there. You're going to write it down, you're going to cite it, and you're going to say, that is the scripture that God is speaking to me today. Observation. Here's where, answer this question, what do I observe about this verse? Maybe who is speaking? 
To whom? To where? To why? Or why? Application. Everybody shout application. How can I apply this verse to my life and how does it apply to a present situation that I'm in? So I read the scripture, I write it down that'll help you memorize it so when the enemy comes to your, your life, you don't say, oh, hold on, let me, let me, hold on, hold on. You can just shout, hey, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ who loves me. Therefore, what? There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus and are called according to his purpose. Application. How can I apply this verse to my life? How does it apply to my present situation? And final prayer. What prayer does this inspire me to praise God? What prayer could I pray and ask God for? So there you take that moment and say, God, I thank you. And let's say it's more than a conqueror through Christ, and Je through Christ Jesus. We say, God, I thank you for your love. Because it is through your love that I'm made more than a conqueror. And you just start praying. Can, you, can I tell you, that will take you maybe 10 to 15 minutes of you spending time with God. And God does what? He begins to wash you. He begins to cleanse you. When you hear the message on Sunday, you can say amen because it is the same thing you were reading. And you're like, oh, man. I remember somebody was telling me, oh, my God, Pastor Rowe, I was hearing the scriptures you were saying, and I was understanding what you were saying. I said, what was the difference? They were like, I started reading my Bible. Amen? You see how that works? I take 10 minutes a day and say, God, I'm going to read one chapter, one chapter a day, and I'm going to be cleansed by you. How many can commit to doing that? Amen? One chapter a day. Number four, a blade. You can tell Jesus from Brooklyn. Because as he said, the Bible is a blade. Hebrews chapter four, it's a spiritual cut coat. I could keep the jokes coming, I'll be here all night. It says, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword piercing even the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and it is discerning of thoughts and intent of the heart. His powerful word is sharp, surgeon, scalpel. What Jesus is saying, he's saying, or, or, or what God is saying through the author of Hebrews, he's saying, listen, this word has such precision in your life that it could begin to separate that which you think is right, which is your emotions, and that which is actually true. See, many of us, we're not going to do, you know, we think we got it all figured out. And so as long as we're not doing the big epic sins or in our mind what we perceive as the big epic sins. But what about the, 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 the navigation of, of, hey, is this the person for me? Is this the woman of God for me? Is this the man of God for me? Should my children go to this school? Should I raise my... What about those decisions? Sometimes your flesh can sound very spiritual. I knew that wasn't going to get too many. That will take that clap out of everybody. <laughs> you don't have to clap. Sorry. Your flesh could become very, I remember, you know, sometimes your flesh sounds so spiritual because it gets overzealous. And oftentimes, God's people, we think 
Zealousness equates spirituality, but zealousness, zealousness oftentimes is the flesh. And so what God's word does, it comes and dissects. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast 120 days. See how spiritual I am. 120 days without water. And for this reason, there have been people that have cut themselves because they want to go the extra mile for Jesus because the Bible says take part in the sufferings of Jesus and they interpret that as some type of spiritual uh, example of, of themselves and making sure i got to cut myself and, and, and we go further and further and we call it spirituality, but it's actually the flesh. I remember this one guy, he was, he was out of line and I was talking to him and this is back when I was a youth pastor and he was out of line, he was like, brother, came up to me, young kid, young Still wet behind the ears. I mean, I was still wet behind the ears, but he was wetter. And I was like, he came up to me. I'm talking to him. He's like, brother, brother, come over here. Let me pray for you. Yo, just like that. Can you believe that? Brother, let me pray for you. I just did like this. I said, brother, thank you, but pray for yourself. Thank you very much. God bless you. I'll see you later. And sometimes we disguise our spirituality with the flesh. And we see this in the scripture all the time. You see, you see Peter get in the flesh and call it spirituality. I'm going to defend Jesus and cut somebody's ears off. Spirituality, but it's actually the flesh. And this is why oh, when we say follow your heart, no, you don't want to follow your heart. Because the Bible says that your heart is, is wicked above all things. Who can know it? Did you hear me? This is who can know your heart. And so the Bible says he comes like a scalpel and starts carving himself in you. He starts carving and it hurts for some time. Sometimes when I hear this word, man, it convicts my life and it feels like God is coming in like a surgeon. But guess what? He's going into your life so that he can take the cancer away. He's going into your life. Guess what? There are certain cancers that cannot come out of your body. You know why? Because they are attached to certain uh, organs. And because they are attached to certain organs, but the precision of God's word can come into your life. Hear me? And it can begin to cut the cancer. This is why cancer disappears when God's word is, oh, come on, church. When God's word is spoken over your life because it is like a surgeon's cutting away. Be careful that you are not the one on the operating and you're not the one holding the scalpel operating on God's word and trying to cut out what you don't like out of God's word. <laughs> But you allow God's word to put you on the operating table and begin to come and begin. This is so good. I'm going to buy the tape. And cut you in two and so that he can penetrate into your life. Write this down. If you don't allow God's word to operate in you, when you allow God's word to operate your life, when you allow God's word to operate your life, you'll know how to operate in life. When, when I allow God's word to put me on the operating table and I allow that scalpel to get in me, then I will know how to operate in life because you'll never know what to do in life unless you know who you are in life. And you'll never know who you are in life unless you know who God says you are in life. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up as we close for the first time. We're done. Num last one, number four, God's word is a mirror. God's word is a mirror. 
God's word is a mirror. And I want to give you some practical handles. Is this blessing anybody? Am I blessing anybody here? Is God, God speaking to you today? God's word is a mirror. And we need to be, how many of you guys walk out the door without looking in the mirror? Nobody, exactly. Well, my man right there, because you're that good looking. I love you. Zab is the man. But most of us, we walk out the door, and before we do, we look in the mirror. There's some of you that cannot even walk past a mall door that has a reflection without looking at yourself. Amen. You can't have mirrors around me. God's word is a mirror. When you look in the mirror, guess what? The better the mirror, the more imperfections you see on yourself. The better the mirror, like, when did that zit get there? And the Bible says that the word of God is like a mirror. And I want to give you just some quick candles. We're done. No, uh, the handles, the resources. I want to give you some Bible resources. Write these down, please, please, they'll bless your life, please. There's no reason why we cannot begin internalizing God's word. There's no reason. There's so many resources that God has made available to us. One of them is the Bible Project. The Bible Project are these videos of the books of the Bible for adults that allow you to learn about God's word and its context and who it was written to and from who it was written by. BibleGateway.com is where I go and I grab all my scriptures and I place on my computer. BibleGateway.com. The Bible. Anybody got Netflix? Anybody got Netflix? Why don't you binge on God's word this Monday? Can I hear an amen? And we have the Bible app. On your phone, you can go to your app store and type the Bible. And the Bible app will come on your phone. I want to be on, I want to be in front of the mirror. Because I want to look at the mirror. And now I want it to speak to me. And the Bible says that if you are like a man that looks in the mirror and walks out but forgot what he looks like, he says, you're only fooling yourself. He says, listen, man, you ain't kidding nobody. You're only fooling yourself. He says, if you come and pick up God's word and you read it and it starts showing you things, and you just put it down like you never read it. This is you're only fooling yourself, man. You're living this facade of a life, but you're not kidding anybody. You're only kidding yourself. This is I'm showing you things in your life that you need to correct and you need to change. And I want the best for you. I have the best intentions for your life, but you're only fooling yourself. It's like a man that looks in the mirror, only fools himself because he forgot what he look like I wonder how many of us today could say maybe maybe just maybe 
even looked at myself in the mirror for a long time. And I have forgotten who I was meant to look like. Because here's the truth, Christ Uncensored. You were meant to look less like yourself and more like Jesus. You were meant to look like less of yourself and more like Jesus. I want God's word to illuminate my life so I can have direction. I want God's word to wash me and bring me nutrition to my life. I want God's word to put me on the operating table and cut me where it needs to be cut, even if it hurts so it could get the cancer out of my system. And I want God's word to remind me of who I really am. I'm going to ask you to get up on your feet at this point. Bow your heads, close your eyes. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.